This August, we want you to remember to keep children safe as you return to school. Always stop for stopped school buses and don't use your cell phone in school zones. Do your part to help keep us safe on the roadways. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside Braves Athletics as we talk special teams with special teams coach Lane Powell. Our producer back in studio, Jamario Brooks. Glad you can join us. You can join the conversation, 601-877-6595, 601-877-6595. And you can text a question, 601-301-2611. And I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. We'll be happy to take your questions and comments for special teams coach Lane Powell. Once again, we were scheduled to have Athletic Director Renoy Didot join us. At the top of the hour, that has been rescheduled. He's had a bunch of meetings. It's been a busy day. It's the first day of classes. So a lot is going on, of course, with the season right around the corner. And so we will reschedule that uh, in the not-too-distant future, probably within the next week to 10 days, we'll have Renoy Dido. We appreciate some of the Facebook questions that have already come in in anticipation of the interview coming up at 6 o'clock. But uh, we'll save those questions, and uh, we'll let you know when that interview will take place possibly this week, but most likely next week. But we'll keep you up to date as it's a fluid situation. And that's what special teams is, a fluid situation. It's always fluid when you have punt and kickoff return, punt and kickoff returners, punters, kickers, snappers, long snappers, holders. It's always a fluid situation. And to kind of break it all down for a special teams coach, Lane Powell. We were just reminiscing on some of the great kickers that have been here, the Corey McCullers of the world and, and the other kickers that we've had since since you've been here, Coach. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, it's it's just a, a great thing because special teams can win or lose you football games, and it's a critical area that I think that more people are talking about it over the years because it has cost teams games and championships. I appreciate being here, Charles, and, and you're exactly right in the fact that it can cost you a game. It can also help you win a game. Um, I think it's become a bigger thing, especially in HBCUs now because of potential free agencies and drafts and guys playing on these teams and giving them the opportunity to, to expose themselves to other opportunities and maybe uh, latch on to something maybe down professionally that might help some of these young men out. And we've got several young men uh, within this program who do a great job of on special teams, and they're going to continue to do that. And uh, there's a great sense of pride with some of these guys in certain units that are really kind of bubbling over. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do come two weeks from now. At the end of the day, you know, there's some teams at the next, some players at the next <clears> level, <throat> they may not make it as a receiver or a tight end, but if you're good on special teams, that's how you can make the club as well. A lot of people don't talk about that enough. It is, and, and the thing about it is it's usually those third or fourth receivers or second thirds. You're going to play somewhere on special teams at some point, and I think it's going to help those guys um, who are hanging on the fringes. You know, an example of that was when we had Chris you know, in camp and different things, and, and I've heard through different people that you know part of his thing was trying to make the special teams roster because maybe it wasn't so much the receiver part of it, but it was that, that special team part was going to hang on. I think Delance Turner kind of made his mark – uh, in the NFL that played here as well, uh, by being able to hang on and get to a point where he could get more reps playing-wise. So it does keep a guy around longer, and sometimes guys can turn that into, you know, five, six, seven-year career just being a special teams guy. I mean, uh, I recruited a guy this summer. I won't mention his name, but, you know, he was a kicker. And, I mean, he ended up, I think he played 
20 some years and had a couple of Super Bowl rings. So, you know, in recruiting his son, it was kind of interesting to hear his story about how guys do that and stay around and make those things happen. Yeah, I mean, special teams are called that for a reason. And as we talk about special teams for this Braves team in, in 2022, let's, let's kind of go back a little bit to 2021. <laughs> I was looking at just some of the stats uh, statistically. Um, we were kind of in the middle of the pack, Coach. When you look at kickoff return yardage, we were number five there behind Jackson State, Bethune, Cookman, Southern, and UAPB. Uh, punt return yards, uh, averaging 8.8 yards per return, number seven there. But not a lot of teams, if you just think about it, and I look at the stats every week, other than maybe, I would say on average, a couple of teams in conference a year that probably just break out on punt returns, the majority, 8, 9, 10, 11 yards per punt return. Let's start off with kickoff returns. You know, talk about, you know, how would you evaluate that from last year and some of the things you got to clean up there for this year? I think right now, I think number one starts out that we actually have a really good staff around us right now. And I think guys are, uh, you know, when Coach Thomas then came back here to Alcorn, it changed the dynamics of helping us. We've got a lot of good feedback going on with the coaches within the staff working at it. So I think it's going to be really good uh, that we have that, you know, Everybody wants to be a part of it. You know, I see guys trying to develop every day. I think the one thing that I'm looking at is in kickoff return is, is seeing us get more better drops, getting on people, staying on blocks longer, doing things that we need to do. Um, you know, that's a phase we're going to get better at. we got good returners back there as well. Um, we probably, I think we're right now we're about six of them back there that can go, that's got a chance to do something. But it's also a mindset on what they want to do with it and understanding that not only is it just kickoff return, but that is the first play of offense. It is a it is an offensive play that comes out and it establishes where we're going to be at and just making sure we get to buy in from that st- standpoint to make that happen every time. So we're talking with special teams coach Lane Powell. So let's let's start with the kickers. I mean, we, we kind of have an idea, I think, of, and you'll talk about a little bit more, who are going to be the punt kickoff return guys, who are going to be the receivers, the tight ends. I mean, that's I'm not saying it's tough, but we kind of know that a little bit. So let's start with the kicking game. The kicking game, obviously, you see some new faces out there. Talk a little bit about the kicking game, what you saw last year. Obviously, we had a kicker here that left to go ball plan to go. He's at Southern University. He left. Um, you know, I was on a Zoom. I was on a uh, a podcast with him. He's at Southern University, and so obviously he's he's moved on. But you know, how did you evaluate and, and assess the kicking game last year, and how to improve that for this year? I think the the biggest thing is we want to make sure we find guys who fit all court. Number one. Number two, that we find guys who uh, are going to be able to do the things we're asking them to do. And we, I think we've went out and done that. Um, we've got actually four good kickers on, on our program right now. And one of them was here last year who had a good reputation. Uh, Noah Kiani did a great job for us coming in as a freshman. <clears throat> Noah was basically a walk-on here. And Noah came in about midway through the season. I think it was the Prairie View game. Kicked some balls on the, on the kickoff coverage and then also on PAT field goal and ended up with a really good season. So he's back again this year. I expect good things from Noah to continue to do that and drive forward. He is a hungry young man who wants to be good at what he does. Outside of that, we have gone out and we recruited uh, a young man who was at McNeeson one time and, and a guy named Mason Caldwell who was at Mississippi Delta with Coach Thomas. I think Mason brings that mentality of toughness that we wanted in the guys uh, from a kicker standpoint to be a part of the team, be a part of the players. And then at the same time, he's got a really strong leg. So I think he's going to be better. And then beyond that, uh, our punter is kind of a crossover guy in Carson Reed, who we went and got from Southern Utah. 
Uh, Carson's also a guy who can not only can he kick, but he also punts for us, and he also can long snap as well. So that gave us more depth even there at the long snapper position. And then we found a young freshman, young kid out of uh, Austin, Texas, Lorenzo Garcia. And all four of them have really had a pretty good camp right now. And so I'm very excited about where they're going with it. Their ball placements are really good. Um, you know, we still continue to work on PAT field goals when we're going to find them. And really, truthfully, it's a week-to-week competition with those guys. And I think we've got a really solid room of guys as far as kickers go. We're going to be a lot better. We've got a lot more depth than we've had. And that takes a little bit of time to create depth. And so we've created that depth. Um, hopefully they continue to grow and they continue to develop, but there's a gap of age range, so they're different. They're a little bit older, they're a little bit younger, they're, and then there's the bottom baby of the bunch. And Lorenzo, that as he develops, he's going to become better, and they get with Coach Gant in the weight room and get stronger, they're going to get better. So we've got a good future ahead of us with kickers here. Uh, when you talk about uh, taking time to establish depth at, at, at the kicker's spot, you just don't put that all together because – you think the quarterback room, it takes time for depth. The tight end room, the running back room, it takes time. But you would, from the outside looking in, the casual fan would say, well, you can find some kickers, the, the, the depth. You know, I mean, just as a yeah. casual fan, yeah. people make that assumption, but it's obviously it's a lot easier said than done. It, it, it's a lot easier said than done. I think for every one that we got, we probably went through 50 guys, you know, to the point where um, – we're not just staying in the state of Mississippi. and I, I mean, we want to recruit Mississippi kids, so don't get me wrong when I say that, but we have gone to the, every corner of the world basically to find the kickers. I mean, we've been, uh, not only with these guys here from where Carson actually lives, in, he's from Alaska originally, uh, Mason's from Louisiana, uh, Noah's from up in Minnesota, to Jason who's in Virginia. But we started looking outside, even going, in, even going into England and places, trying to find kids that want to be a part of Alcorn State University. And, trying to find kids that, A, fit Alcorn, fit the mentality of what we're wanting within the program, the culture that Coach McNair has already built, and then trying to find those guys who can do the job we're asking them to do, you know, and be a team player, fit in. Will they fit in with the, you know, will the kicker fit in with the offensive lineman? Will he fit in with a defensive lineman? Or is he going to be a guy who just stands on the sideline and just wants to be a kicker? To me, I want a guys like, when we go back and we talk about Corey, I want a guys who are going to be like his mentality, where if we needed him on scout team, they got no problem jumping out there and being a scout team DB. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then on the flip side, that is we needed something done. I mean, matter of fact, this morning we were up here on the blaster this morning running with the tight ends and stuff, and all of a sudden I look up and I see uh, Mason going through the blaster with the, with the tight ends and those guys, and also looked up and I seen Longcourt going through there. So we didn't have that a year ago, but if we'd have been a 19, we'd have had that kind of guy. So we're trying to build those kind of people into our program and make them fit what Alcorn's all about. So the days of the Corey McCullough that at one point Corey did all the kicking, did it all. Uh, will you be kind of kind of fading away from that? We're kind of fading away from that a little bit, and I think that's kind of a good thing because it kind of takes some stress off those guys because with Corey, uh, when we had Corey here, the biggest thing was he was kicking, he was field goal, he was punting. Uh, I think the second year I was here, we kind of got away from that and started getting more where Corey was punting and we had another young man at the time here. He was also doing the field goals and the kickoffs. And so we're finally getting into that point. But at the same time, Charles, it takes having depth and it takes having guys that you feel confident about that can go out there and do it. It's not just having somebody on your football team that says they can kick. You know, they may have a strong leg. They may be able to kick it wherever they want to. But if they can't put the ball where we need it, whether it be the back of the end zone or it be bottom of the numbers or out of bounds on punts, then they're not really helping us a lot. 
We're talking with uh, special teams coach Lane Powell. Good stuff here from Coach Powell. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. Tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. And uh, give us a call. We can uh, talk a little bit about special teams. Coach, obviously the the big questions has been talked about. Coach McNair's talked about it. Fans have talked about it. I've talked about it. Players have talked about it. And everyone associated with football talks about it when you look at Braves football. These directional kicks, these angle kicks straight up the chute. And the one question that, you know, when I put it out there that you were coming on, you know, the Southern University game, straight up the chute, short kick, that type of stuff. Um, there's obviously, and Coach McNair's talked about this, there's a strategy to this, you know, kicking it short, kick, kicking it deep. Obviously, if you kick it out of the back of the end zone, you know, you get it at the 25, you kick it uh, out of bounds at 35. Talk a little bit about the strategy in terms of how you deal with those type of situational and those directional kicks. You know, and part of that goes back to who the returner is back there in the back end. You know, and sometimes you get guys who can kick it out. It, it seems like it's easy to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone 90% of the time. Um, but if you understand, like even playing here on our own field, sometimes that wind gets to really whip and, and you might have the strongest leg, but he may not be able to boot it out of that end zone. Sometimes that ball is going to fall short. It may fall in that returner's hands. So sometimes we just want to keep it away from that best returner. And sometimes uh, that's the reason why we have the sky kicks or we have the pop kicks or even on punt. That's the reason why we try to tell our guys, you know, hey, we're looking bottom numbers out of bounds. And when they get close to them hashes, we're going, oh, you know, that's not a good thing. So that strategy is really just trying to pin those guys in corners and trying to keep them in thirds and cut the field down a little more to help us out. Yeah, so and, and it was a, a huge amount of field placement and Kermit was texting a question about it. Um, so obviously you, you hope with the sky kick that you get under that thing and provide a minimal return. But then if it's short and if a, and then all it takes is probably two or three missed tackles and you got another 15 or 20 yards because everybody's bunched in there. You know, in that particular situation, because everyone talks about the Southern, you know, that last drive and they, they had a short field, they kicked the field goal, won the game at the, at, at the horn. If you just, and we're going to put an end to that after this question. <laughs> They'll talk about the operation of that, you know, the obviously the decision to make that kick, the, to make that short kick, and then the operation in, in covering the kick. At the, end of, <clears throat> at the end of the game, Southern, it was really just a decision, you know, I think we made a, a total staff decision to make that thing happen where we wanted to get it up in the air, try to at least get it stopped and get them where they couldn't have a good return. And it was mainly – trying to force them to do that, knowing our defense played good defense and was hoping that we would get that stop. And, of course, Chris, at the time, uh, he kind of short-kicked it. And he also got a little more inside than what we wanted it to be. And so, you know, when a kid fair caught it or played it down, I mean, he put it in a good position. And in a couple more plays, they had a chance to go down and make a play. Um, but that's kind of the – sometimes that's the risk-reward you take with it. Sometimes it's good for us because we sky-kick it and get it out of their hands. They'll think we get good coverage on it real fast to get on top of them, which makes nine times out of ten, maybe we'll get a fair catch out of it for the majority of times. Um, and then if it's spotted well, we'll be okay, you know. So it's not a bad thing. It's just one of those things we've done. We've sky-kicked a bunch here and have not had those things happen. So it does happen, and, and actually I'll give Luke some credit because he was a good kicker, and I'll be honest with you, we tried to recruit him here as a walk-on, and I like Luke as a person. So, um, you know, it happened. So those things do happen in games, but we have done pretty pretty job. We're trying to get done. We got it done at that point. 
the angle kicks when you try to kick it towards the sidelines, mm-hmm. left or right. Obviously, your goal is to pin the guy towards the sideline, and, and, and you hope just minimal returns there. Talk about that. Yeah, on <clears throat> kickoff, we're really just trying to cut that, that third into another third is what we're trying to do. And basically, it's to get it you know, somewhere in that middle of numbers. We're telling top of the numbers, bottom of the numbers, because, again, we don't want to go out of bounds on the kickoff because if we do, it's a penalty flag. So we don't want to play that close to the boundary. But we're trying to get that thing cut into another third and really just pin those guys in those corners and be able to play. And same thing when we kick it out back in the end zone. We're still trying to get those same kicks because, again, if we get it in the middle of the field and, and let's just say you, you went full cover where guys cover, they do things different than we do, you don't always get the backside squeezes. So there's also seams. There's also holes. So you're trying to cut those corners off and make them play in a little bitty box. And the more you can do that, the better you are. So, and on, on the flip side is on punt, you know, of course, we like to kick the ball deep and out of bounds. I mean, we'll settle for 38 to 40 yards. If it goes out of bounds, 90% of the time, we're going to be in good shape because that's really going to flip the field for our defense. Um, on that side of it, sometimes they do hang it. And it's partially, sometimes they just hit it on the inside of the foot and it happens. But we're really trying to put that ball bottom of the numbers to out of bounds 99% of the time if we can. It's not always feasible, but we will probably 80% of the time. If we go back and look at, at our history, we look at what we're doing in camp, I and mean, we're seeing a lot of those things happen, and that helps our defense out. And the same thing's true on kickoff. If we get it down there and we, and we pin it down inside the 20-yard line and we can do those things, that's helping our defense. That's making those guys have to drive 80 yards of play. And, you know, I work on the other side of the ball too, but at the same time, Coordinators get a little antsy and they want to throw that football sooner or later down the field. And if you're a defensive coach, the more we back them up, the better we're helping them. So that's a good thing. It's kind of like the return on the flip side. Uh, the better return we get, the better we help our offense. The better coverage we get on kickoff, the better coverage we get on punt or, or placement of the ball on punt, we're helping our defense out. So it is really the third triangle of the game. And when I look at it, and I, and I kind of say this to people sometimes, but you have two, you know, everybody thinks about the two big triangles, offense, defense. But the baseline is really the special teams because at the end of the day, that's the only group that really crosses over both branches of, of units to come together as one. And so they've got to find a way to take pride in those things because eventually, uh, for example, like our kickoff, if you look down our rosters, you'll see that we got a lot of defensive players on there. So really that's their first play of defense, and they got to go make that play. Uh, we got a lot more offensive guys probably on return. So that's kind of their – their deal where they can get there. And then we're kind of mixed in the other bunches. And so if they understand what it's all about and how it affects them from an offense standpoint and a defensive standpoint, then they'll be better at it. Yeah, it's a lot more involved on, on special teams. That's why they call it special, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's about like coaching secondary. Sometimes you suck the air out of the stadium when it goes up. So it does happen. Well, right now we have, what, 12 days and as we look at it, right, 12 days and nine minutes until we kick it off against uh, Stephen F. Austin. So right now, are you able to name in, any kickers, place kickers, punters? Is that still still open competition? It's still open competition. It's going to be open competition until we get ready to play. You know, I mean, do I have ideas? Yes. Do I know where I want to, where we're going with it? Yes. But has it been solidified yet? No. It has not. And, and, I, and I'll just be honest with you, Charles. One thing I've talked to the kids about when I recruited them and the same thing that I've kind of said all along is, um, you know, somebody may have a bad week one week. We're not going to toss them by the wayside. You know, we're going to give that kid, when it comes back to Monday, we're going to give him a chance to come in. But the good thing about it is if we have an off day, we do have 
alternatives to go to to maybe help that young man get out of that hole for a minute. So uh, kicking is a lot like baseball and hitting in a way that sometimes guys go through ups and downs and slumps and they have a little bit of uh, mind stuff that goes on with them that you got to work through. But the thing I like about these guys is they're very tough-minded. They're very they very want to be good at what they do. So I don't think we're going to have that issue right now. I think we've got enough depth in here that we can find somebody that's going to put it through the upright. I'm not going to say we won't maybe miss one, but it, but we're going to do our very best to do it every week. So the competition in the kicking game continues. What about punt and kickoff returns? We'll talk all about that coming up after this timeout. We appreciate Kermit's uh, question. If you have a question, give us a call, 601-877-6595. And you can text a question as well. We would love to hear from you. And we're on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. Uh, 301-2611 it is the uh, text line question. So we'll be taking your questions, your comments, your texts, and tweets as we continue. What about punt and kickoff returns? What about the holder? We'll talk all about that when we return with uh, special teams coach Lane Powell. We always talk, by the way, Coach Powell and I, about food. And uh, if, if you like to eat, and I love to eat, Coach Powell is what I consider a foodie. We always talk about these different restaurants and the food and the quality of the food. He likes to try different stuff in Vicksburg and Natchez and Port Gibson. and He just likes different kind of stuff. I like that as well. That's what special teams is about, different kind of stuff. So we'll talk about putting kickoff returns, maybe some food too. I'm getting hungry. We'll get to all that coming up after this here on the Braves Sports Radio Network. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is, don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. Glad you can join us here on the Braves Sports Radio Network as we are 12 days away from the season opener against Stephen F. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can tweet a question, Tall Man Radio, and you can text a question, 601-301-2611. We have a text coach from Blake. We appreciate his text. Name five things that we, the fans, should expect from the special teams unit that we haven't seen in recent years. Not asking about plays or concepts, just recruiting logic and what we're looking for in the special teams positions from Blake on the text line. If we're we're talking about in recruiting, uh, one of the things we're going to keep trying to do is trying to create more depth with what we're doing here. Um, And whether that be starting out here locally, um, or branching out where we go overseas. We've got several kids right now who are interested in what we're doing here, want to be a part of this program. Um, it's amazing. Once you start getting good guys coming in, they want to be a part of it. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to give a shout-out to, to a guy, Mike McCabe, over there at uh, one-on-one kicking and Ben Fentress and those guys who have kept us in touch with good kickers and trying to keep them in the same system. So 
one of the things I would say we want we want to keep creating depth, creating good people that come in here that want to be a part of Alcorn. Uh, those are the big things right now. Just keep making that thing turn over and getting the good people that want to be a part of it. It would be the one thing I would say. All right, so let's take a look at punt and kickoff returns. You know, we have Manny Flash Jones, and of course, when you talk about punt and kickoff returns, you're looking at the receivers, the, the sure hands guys. So. Uh, is that still a work in progress, or are we kind of solidified in the punt and kickoff return units? Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about it in a different direction, Charles. In that we, we, I talk about it as punt block. I don't talk about it as punt return. I talk about it as punt block because we want to be aggressive up front and with people. Um, within that, though, we do have returns, okay? And we got good returners back there. we got several of them back there. It has not been settled on yet who we're going to use the returner yet. We're still going through the process of that right now, but we have – Plenty of depth back there. Um, we've got plenty of people. I mean, you start talking about Manny was back there, CJ's back there. I mean, the King. There's a whole lot of list of guys back there, and I don't know them. You know, we're still looking through it. We'll probably weed that out here in the next couple of weeks. But I know we were talking about it yesterday, and we're going to try to weed the best guys we can to find out who fits us. And we got some exciting guys that, that can make something happen back there as well. Um, but not only that, on the on the pump block team, we got some exciting guys up front that that can get after it and will go get the football. So I think that's a good thing too. We got we can actually have two things going for us that really are good, and I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys can do on that. And kickoff return, we've got a I think we've got about eight or nine eight guys back there that can return it. Um, not only do we have returners back there, but we also got some guys playing some different positions that can return footballs. I mean, you look at our ends, we got some guys there who can return it as well, um, and they got a good speed. You know, I mean, when I look back there at the returners you're talking about, you still got the same crew with Nico and Manny and CJ, but also on the ends you got Truck and you got um, some other guys on the team on the other side of it sometimes, and those guys can return it. And in the middle, we got some guys too that, that's got speed because Leatherwood's back in that, you know, thing. So we got some good people that can do some things there that can make some things happen. So it's not just the returners on the back end, but it's also those guys that fit in the middle. So when it goes back to what you were talking about, the Southern thing earlier, we have those kind of guys sitting in those positions that can also make something happen. So uh, that takes away some of their threat as well. So the toughest decision you, you obviously have to make here is I mean, in terms of punt and kickoff returns, but you just talked about the guys up front. How tough – has that decision to make to get the right guys, the right combinations up front, that first front line, that first line when the ball is kicked off? It's always a challenge uh, on kickoff return. It's a challenge on that, particularly because you want to find guys who can do that kind of work, and it's not built for all people. You know, some people can do it, some people can't, but it really comes down to a want to in that in that department. If you want to do it and you want to see the ball kicked, you can get out of there and you can run and you can stick your toe in the ground and come back and, want to be physical with somebody, then you can be on that team. And, and we got several guys who can do that. I think we uh, had a good showing last weekend, and I think we're going to continue to get that. And, again, that's credit back to, to the guys that are helping, it, you know, not only myself, but also to Coach Quinn and Coach Rowe and Coach Booz and Brown and those guys who are also – Coach Frederick, who is also a part of this. It's not just me that's doing this. It's, it's those guys who are also helping this thing grow. And then Coach Thomas is involved in a couple of things. So it's helping us all grow, and we're all getting better at it because we're getting one-on-one attention, and I think we're going to be a lot better at those things. That's, that's the one thing I was going to ask you from, from earlier was even though you're the special teams coach, there are a lot of different hands, in, as I say, in the cookie jar that's making special teams work. Not just you're the, entitled your special teams coach, but there are a lot of hands in there to help make this thing go. 
Yes, sir, there is, and, and I'm very thankful for that. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned those guys I just mentioned a while ago, but, you know, Coach Ratton does a great job with our uh, PAT guys up front, making sure we're getting good protection up there, and I think it's Coach Bradley who's doing the, the field goal stuff and making sure blocking on that side of it, making sure we got that right. So we have a good staff buy-in, and it starts at the very top with Coach Mack, and, and I think we just kind of have built that into our program, and it's a big part of it because we all understand that at some point, again, it goes back to what you said earlier. I mean, it can win you a game. It can lose you a game. Um, you know, is it the only play that may have won or lost you a game? No, but it might be the one who changed the direction of the game. It might change the uh, the way the stadium is at that time because it might be very quiet, but all of a sudden a big play on special teams might get everybody up. It's kind of like a deep pass that goes in the end zone. It can change the, the whole complexion of the football game real fast. Well, there's one name that stands out in that point that you just made. Is we're here at Jack Spinks Marino Castle Stadium, kid by the name of Javon Morrison. Yep. Remember SWAC championship game just when Southern March right down the field, they kick it off, and Javon Morrison goes 86 yards. That type of explosion, that type of big play. I mean, that. I mean, he was. It was wide open. I mean, it was like the Red Sea opening up. He wasn't touched in a situation like that. And that's absolutely true. I mean, that that one there, and I, and I think about you know when. Uh, we were playing, I think it was Prairie View out here last year, and I think it was either Truck or KJ got the block, and it changed them because it was kind of dead at the moment that we get the block. It was either Prairie View or Grandma, I can't remember which one it was, but we got the block, kind of changed it. We went in, we scored, and it changed it. Um, I go back to even, you know, even in the South Alabama game, even though it didn't turn out the way we wanted to, but there was points in time when I think Jason got down and, and scooped the ball in the end zone, got his first college touchdown. Uh, there was a muff punt. I think Rice had a good day that day. And, and so those things kind of keep you in games or they, they change the momentum of games. And not only with Javis deal, but there's a lot of those moments. And if you go back and look at it, it's changed where we've gone to. And um, sometimes we just need that, that little shot in the arm. How, how do you sell or do you sell players on playing special teams? It's uh, offense, defense, but, you know, special teams, I mean, it's exciting, but, is it an easy sell to get guys out there to play special teams? I, I try to sell it every single day, and I think everybody who knows me knows that I try to sell it every day. I take, I try to take great pride in this thing because I realize, you know, in my playing days, it was a big thing for us to be a part of special teams. If you started, uh, you needed, you were going to be on special teams regardless. And it's always been a big thing since the beginning of my career and even my playing, playing days way back when that we were a part of that. And so, yes, it's a sell every day because kids want to be a part of the offensive defense, and rightfully so. That's what, you know, people come to see. They don't really come to see us a lot. But at the same time, there's a future for these young men, and I think we're seeing more guys starting to realize that because of what we've talked about, you know, with the HBCU uh, Combine, Legacy Bowl, and trying to get more emphasis in those kids getting opportunities, whether it be the NFL, CFL, USFL, and all the L's there is. Um that they recognize that there's a chance for them to maybe make a club. And so they're coming and wanting to buy in. And, and so when they start buying in themselves, then you become better. And so I think that's all part tied in together in the whole thing. But you are recruiting and you're selling every day to everybody. So on special teams, and because it is a huge factor, you, you talked about punt and kickoff returns. That's still, still a work in progress overall. The long snapper, the holder. And I was just thinking – just in some of the operations on PATs is as simplistic as it may look from here where we are up here in the press box. There's a lot that goes in to even make it a PAT and there were some times, you know, that we had some issues there as you've, as you've been able to address that a little bit. 
Yeah, we have. I mean, and really, when you think about this, we've had some good snappers over the years. And then, of course, Jason came in. Jason was a true freshman last year. So, I mean, he went through the freshman deals, and I think he's gotten better. And matter of fact, when this summer I was talking with, uh, and again, Mike McCabe over in Birmingham, and he was training with a bunch of the NFL guys over there during the summer, and they were asking him to come back out and help you know work them out. So that's good in that regard. I think he's growing up a lot. He's now – in his second year here, so he's a little more comfortable. He knows what's going on. And at the same point, we've also added depth to that as well, not just the kickers, but we've got also depth in the fact that we've got uh, Jason Longcore, we've got Dylan Fisher, who's a young kid out of Minnesota. I think we've got uh, Charles Gonzalez. We've got Key Wayne Jones is back in that bunch. And then if we go deeper, of course, I said earlier, our punter can actually go in and, and snap a ball too if we need to. So we've actually got five punters on or long snappers on his team which we've never had that situation either so you know in, in some words we've we've gotten better with kickers we've gotten better with long snappers because we actually have depth but we don't just have depth we have quality and depth and so we have guys who can actually do it are they the ones that need maybe some growth yeah there's probably some growth in there but as they grow and they continue to get better we won't maybe we won't have that turnover going you know like when matt was here um, we had the one snapper, and if Matt went down, it was over with. And basically, in, when Colton was here, we had Key Wayne behind him. So we didn't have a lot of depth to play with at the time. But now we've kind of got that depth in those positions. So we got one more position to really kind of hammer out and see if we can get some depth there as well. What, what's that one position? Probably in the punting. We, we need some more depth probably there. But we got, I mean, we got punters, but my point is we need more quality. we got four good kickers that can kick off and field goals and those things. But I'd like to get more depth in that one area. What about the holder? The holder, it's going to be every one of our punters, every one of our kickers and punters. Actually, uh, Carson has been doing a great. They've been doing a great job. Carson was a quarterback out of high school. I think Mason plays a quarterback out of high school, so they got some hands. They can do some things there. So, and then after that, it'll be. I think we got Noah, and it's going to be really the kickers that are the ones going to be doing all the holding. All right, we have a tweet from uh, Mr. T. How does Coach Powell sell all? You talk about recruiting getting kickers from really all over the world. Uh, how does how do you sell all corn to a potential recruit? Number one, it starts with the family environment that we have here. And that, that all starts with coach. I mean, uh, that's the first thing. The second thing we start talking about is the fact of the safety around this campus. You know, I mean, when you look out here and mom and dad come out, I, I'll give you an example, was when uh, Dylan Fisher came down here because Jason didn't get to come because of the COVID thing. But when Dylan came down there, his dad seen the campus, and he's like, you know what, my son's safe. It's a pretty campus. I want him to go here. And I think number one starts with, with coach. It starts with the winning environment we've had here. But it's also the people. It's, it's not just the football over there, but it's also the people within, the, within this area. It's the community. It's the fact that, you know, we have great turnout on Saturday night, that they won't get anywhere else. I mean, one of the biggest things I talk to them about is the fact that you know, you can go play FBS football. You can go to some of these other places, but you're not going to have as big a crowd on Saturday as you're going to have right here at Alcorn. Uh, that goes FCS across the board. I mean, if you look back and we go, you know, we play Jackson down here. We play homecoming down here. I mean, you can look out and you can see all the tailgating going on. And, and trust me, I played at FCS football, and you don't see a lot of that somewhere. And, and so those things sell, and when people come see it, and they sit down, and then the other part of it is they sit down with Coach McNair, and they, they just feel the, they feel at home. And so that's a big part of it. It's just really who we are, being genuine with the kids, and really just telling the straight truth of what we're doing. You talked about Dylan Fisher and uh, uh, Texas just come in. Um, 
Will he be used as a Swiss Army knife? <laughs> <laughs> Who asked that question? Might ask is it that? <laughs> right now, uh, right now, Dylan. I'll tell you what. Dylan was a, a young man who uh, we found through one of our tweets we put out sometimes, and, and Dylan reached back to us, and he had a couple opportunities, and, and he, him and his dad came down to see us, and you know he wanted to play some tight end. He wanted to play another position as well. So we've given him that opportunity. And I tell you what, Dylan's worked very hard at those things. He's trying to get there. You know, we'll see where it goes from this season. But yes, he's going to be involved in what we're doing a lot. I think he's also a really good snapper. He'll help us in that department. But he's also able to give us some other things that help his football team out. And I really think him and his roommates are all enjoying what they're doing here at, at this campus right now. They're having fun and they're having a blast and. And I think it's a good thing for all of them. But Dylan is going to help us at some point. You know, the one thing that amazes me when I come out to practice, when I see the, the, the kickers and long snappers, they're just kind of off to themselves. While you got, you know, 11 on 11, 7 on 7, you got two fields going, you got a lot of stuff going, and those guys are kind of off to themselves, just kind of, we wouldn't say standing around doing nothing, but at the same time, they're just kind of, just kind of just taking it all in. And you just wonder, you know, when the lights turn on, they're going to be ready to go because they're not. It's not as much action there as you would, you know, offense defense, in which you're constantly going from from uh, station to station. Well, I'll, I'll say this for those guys and Charles. Most of us don't get up early enough to come out and see them work. They're yeah. usually on the field. Uh, they're probably the first ones on the field of every any group that's out here. I think most time if we practiced, we started at seven forty-five. Most times they'd be out here at seven ten, seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, working on their on their techniques and things, so they would do that. And then, of course, we get into a lot of group stuff with them in camp and things like that, where they're all involved or actively involved. And then, as we start to go through the school year, they'll get more involved in everything else. It's not just special teams, but again, I go back to that scout team stuff. We'll bounce them out there, get them to be a part of the team and be a part of it. And so they'll they'll be doing a lot of things. They, I mean, if you look down, we're running uh, teams. Sometimes you'll see them over here holding the chains and doing things. But that's trying to get them actively involved and make sure that they're part of this team. And, and what I told them, and again, it goes back to recruiting, is is look, I don't want your teammates to look up and see you be a normal kicker. I want you to be a part of this team. And if they see you running sprints with them, if they see you holding chains, or if they see you jump out on scout team, if you have a bad moment, they're probably going to pull for you a lot more. If you don't do those things, they're probably not going to pull for you as much. And I believe that. I think these kids have bought into that, and I think that's what they really understand. I mean, uh, Carson basically told me during recruiting that he didn't he didn't like kickers, and here he is kicking, and <laughs> he wanted to be known as a football player. So, and I think Mason's kind of got that mentality. I think Noah's kind of got that mentality. They don't they don't want to just be thought of as kickers; they want to be thought of as football players. And I think when they do that, that gives us a lot more oomph because they recognize that you know what, when I kick this ball off. That's defensive guys going down with me, or that's offensive guys returning for me. These guys are working with me, and I need to work with them. And So I think they do the same things in the weight room that everybody else is doing. Uh, they'll run the sprints like everybody else does, but then they're on the field at 7 o'clock every morning ready to go. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. Sometimes I get to practice probably about 8-ish. I try to get there a little earlier just, just to see the kickers, and I've already missed it. You all, you, for those who might not know, you all start off every practice with special teams. You all kind of get that going right off the bat. We do. We get it started out with, you know, PAT field goal usually in the mornings, and then we kind of work our way into some other things. Then we come back and we've segmented it off. 
And, uh, but those guys are out here. I mean, if you come out here in the morning time, you'll see them out here kicking and they're trying to do everything right and get it going the right direction because they want to be good at what they do. They want to hold up their end of the deal. And I think that's important to them. We're talking with a uh, special teams coach, Elaine Powell. We did lose a kicker, you know, to Southern University, obviously. I mean, those things happen. You know, players do uh, move on. And, and I'm sure that, that was a tough thing as you, you, you try to build your special teams for, for this year. Uh, it, you know, just some things that uh, with the transfer portal and all that, that's just the, the unfortunate cost of doing business sometimes. It is. It's part, of the, it's part of the business, but it's also, you know, you can look at it negative or you can look at it positive. And I, I look at it more as a positive way of looking at it because I think we've ended up with four really good guys that are there, and I think they really want to be at all corner, and I think that's a huge deal. And I think they're, a big, they're going to be a big part of this program in all facets. I mean, they are interesting characters. Um, I think you've already seen that from the little deal they did the other day. <laughs> um, but there, there's some good – they're just good-hearted people, and they got good parents who – really support them and want them to do well. And so there's a good background behind these kids. And I think, you know, again, going back to Jason's kind of young learning, but I think him and Noah kind of grew over the last year. They've kind of, you know, they kind of didn't know what to expect at all corn, but then now they've kind of blossomed into it. So I think they've took it by the horns, Um, but they're very competitive guys. And that's the good thing. I know people are probably expecting to hear uh, Athletics Director Renoy Dido. That interview has been rescheduled for a later date, and we'll keep you up to date there. He was supposed to come on from 6 to 7. It's the first day of classes, so obviously a lot of meetings, trying to get things uh, kind of lined up here. Um, speaking of that video, Coach, uh, I did want to ask you about that. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty neat video. How did all that uh, who came up with the concept and how did it all come together? There's a video out there, by the way, talking about the special teams unit, the kickers especially. That was really uh, Jason Longcore behind the scenes. I think everybody thought it was Mason, but it was really Jason who came up with that. And uh, Jason did a great job putting that together and getting everybody involved in it. And uh, It's just one of those things those guys like to do. Jason is kind of a comedian behind the scenes. If you know him, you'll, you'll understand him. There are times when you go, Pick your moments, Jason, but we can do this over here after a while. And, and uh, But they're just a good group of kids that want to be successful. They want to do good things, and I think that's the biggest part of them is that they're trying to do what's right and see what happens. When, when you talk about recruiting kickers and special teams guys, of course there's always the options, kid fresh out of high school, grad transfer, transfer portal. You know, Every coach I ask this question because it's a different, it's a different deal today than it, than it has been. Talk a little bit, Coach, about, you know, your philosophy and trying to get, you know, special teams players, kickers and long snappers, those type of guys. You, you, you're looking to get freshmen. You're looking to get grad transfers, the transfer portal. How do you put it all together year to year? Honestly, it really, it really doesn't matter where they come from. I'm looking for the best fit, and really that's the truth. I'm looking for the best fit for Alcorn. I'm not looking, you know, if we find one that's a five-star guy out there can knock the boots out of it. And he fits all corn great, but if he doesn't fit us and doesn't fit what we're looking for in guys or he's a prima donna kind of guy, then he probably don't belong here. You know, we're just common everyday, uh, grab your lunchbox, go to work kind of people. And I think that's what we got and that's what we're trying to find is those kind of guys that fit the all corn brand that's going to come out and do a good job, fit in team-wise, um, wants to be here long-term, wants to be a part of this program, and – you know, I think those are the big keys to it, is finding guys who want to fit. And sometimes it may not be those guys. It might be the guy who was kind of like the uh, it's kind of like the Christmas story with the misfit toy. You know, sometimes 
you got to find a misfit toy and bring him back home and give him as a gift. And sometimes, hopefully, those guys turn out to be good ones. We're talking with uh, special teams coach Lane Powell. You can give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. You can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. We're going to take a break here. We'll turn our attention here to this weather because classes have started. Things have kind of changed here. Camp for the last couple of weeks, it's just been about football, football, football. That's football and academics. First day of classes here today. And then you turn your attention to Stephen F. You're looking at the weather. We've had rain off and on. Uh, We had a pretty good downpour a few minutes ago. And it's going to continue here over the next two to three days, three to five inches of rain around here. How does that impact your preparations as far as special teams is concerned. We have questions. Lane Powell has answers coming up after this. Time out here on the Braves Sports Radio Network. Meet Harper, teammate at Truist. Hello. She was born to care and always had your back. Like the time her friend's bumper car took a gnarly hit. Oh, no. His retainer went flying, but Harper caught it before it got crushed. Today, Harper's a teammate at Truist, the bank with Truist One Checking. With no overdraft fees, a $100 negative balance buffer, and automatic upgrades, Truist One Checking has your back, too. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. $100 negative balance buffer. Eligibility requirements apply. Truist Bank member FDIC. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-230-2777. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-230-2777. 800-230-2777. I got it, too. Of course I got it. Did you get it? Still unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Get the facts. Sign up and get your vaccine today. And let's stop COVID in its tracks. It's on you. Learn about why other people like you got it and how you can get it at igotitms.com. This message is brought to you by the Jackson Heart Study Community Engagement Center. And the Mississippi SEAL Team. Energy and innovation. At ExxonMobil, we're producing both. Working to ensure a stable supply of energy today and developing lower emission fuels for tomorrow. Learn more at exxonmobil.com fuels. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with the text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And WPRL 91.7 FM. All right, welcome back. We are live here at Jack Spinks Marino Castle Stadium. We are coming to you from our network radio booth where it's a wet, soggy track, and it's going to be that way for the next two to three days. And then more scattered stuff, tropical stuff in the Gulf that we'll be dealing with. Hopefully not, but, uh, you know, it's been pretty it's been pretty hot, to say the least, and now, you know, Mother Nature doesn't make any <laughs> mistakes. You know, now we're going to get two or three, four days of rain when we couldn't get a drop of rain for about two or three or four weeks, it seems like. So uh, Mother Nature never makes a mistake, does it, Coach Pop? No, not at all, and I'm glad to see these temperatures because I know this much. Sitting in my house in Vicksburg, it was about 120, <laughs> and the sun beamed down on my back porch, and I promise you I don't want that no more. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, but, you know, the good thing is sometimes we need that out here too because we need to find out how far we push our bodies and make sure we're going good. And it's a good thing, you know, and so I'm looking forward to what we got coming up in the next few days, and I think we'll be we'll be in good shape by the time we get to Stephen House. How how has the team handled the heat? I mean, it, this is a good break right now. I mean, no one likes all this rain that we're going to get, but uh, it, it it's a good break from the heat, and uh, it, it was treacherous at times. How did the team handle it? I think they did a really good job of handling it. You know, of course, Coach had a good plan in place for these kids to handle it, and I thought we did a good job of it. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is they were already in shape. They were in good shape when it came in in July, and they got really better as it went along. Um, I think we're, we're continuing to work on it. We may not be in the shape that we need to be in completely yet, but we're getting there. And, uh, of course, that's continuing to work in progress every day, and I think you never stop trying to work to get better. You know, I think we're in good enough shape to go play right now, but it's just whether we continue to go and keep working. Well, as we look at this wet track here, all this rain we're going to get over the next few days, it, you can't help, and I know you thought about it, with all the rain that we're going to get, how does this impact special teams? And I guess it's a good thing because who knows come next Saturday at 6 o'clock, we might be seeing this type of stuff. So, you you know, you want to – you get a chance to work in it a little bit. What 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 are the challenges when you're talking about a cloudy sky, a bunch of rain, and a wet track? You know, the good, the good thing here at Alcorn, and I'll be honest with you, Charlie, it's been, since I've been here, is we get – you know, everybody does – a wet ball drill and punt and all that, right? They take the ball and they put it in the water. We don't have to worry about that here. We're, we're prepared for those kind of situations uh, because when we practice usually at 7 in the morning or 7.30 in the morning, the ground's still pretty wet. So those guys getting their hands on balls, whether it be uh, the snappers, the punters, the returners, even receivers at times, I think they get a little few wet balls. Um, and so we're prepared for those things. And I think the biggest thing is just, you know, understand your surroundings, understand what you're doing, and we'll be fine. So here we are. We're getting ready for the the season opener, and just just talking about it, how special teams has impacted games, especially last year. You got a lot of good teams that are pretty good on special teams, and we were good at times uh, last year. Just the impact of what what we're seeing with kickers and um, and just punting kickoff return guys, just the specialists. I think now more of a premium on on punt kickoff coverage and returns than ever, I would think. In in this league particularly? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I think it's – well, I'll say this. It goes back to probably when I was here the first time when we had great returners in this league, you know. Uh, Can I go back to a guy named Willie Quinn and fly? You know, I mean, Willie could run. 
Um, but I think we're, we're catching back up to that again. I think we got some really good returners in this league. I think we got some good kickers in this league that can do some good things. And so, you know, special teams really kind of make a break because I think there's a little more parity in this league a lot right now. And so I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to one play here, one play there. It's not going to be um, six or seven plays is going to beat somebody. It's going to come down to either uh, – somebody does well on defense or offense that day, or you need a special teams kickoff return, or you need a punt return, or you need a block punt. Uh, and it may even come down at some points, kind of like it did down here. I think we played Southern and we won a championship a few years ago and Corey hit the ball through the upright to get it done. So I think it's going to come down to those kind of plays, or even like we talked about with the situation we had last year, I mean, one play makes a difference. And so our kids have to understand that, that every play counts. It's not just one play and you have to give your best effort in all three three areas of the game. If you don't, we're going to be hurting. And the good thing is we got a lot of depth this year, so I think we're going to be even better. You know, in terms of special team strategy, you often wonder where you see the, you know, when the ball is kicked deep, you know, the returner has his foot on the 10-yard line, the ball goes over his head, let it go. It could go into the end zone, or it could take a sideways roll and down at the four, five, six, whatever the case Explain that, that that strategy and philosophy, because that's, you know, we talk about flipping the field. You talked about that earlier. That also is a critical part, especially on uh, on, on those punts. It is, and really, truthfully, if we're talking about punting and, and they're kicking the ball to us, you know, we usually tell our most team seller people, don't back up. You're at 10, don't back up, let it go in the end zone. We'll go ahead and play it. You know, unless they got a really straight track shot where they can get it up out of there. You know, is go ahead and put that hand in the air and fair catch it. You know, it's the same thing on kickoff return. If you don't have a clean shot where you think you can stick a toe in the ground and get vertical, uh, and you're going sideways, man, get the thing up and just let it let it play. Let's go offense. You know, the new rule on kickoff return has helped everybody a bunch because it saved a bunch of kids from getting a concussion or whatever down the field. But also at the same time, uh, it's made it a little smarter in the fact that you got more strategy you can actually use. And if those guys are smart, you know, they can set the offense up for good things. And sometimes now they're not always following what they need to follow in rules. But the general guidelines are, you know, if, hey, if you're on a punt return where it's 10, the ball's over my head, man, just fair catch it or let it fall in the end zone, let it go, don't back up, keep your heels there. Uh, same thing on kickoff, or, you know, kickoff return. I mean, if I'm going sideways and I really can't get a clean shot to get up in the seam, man, just put that thing in the air and relax it and let it go. And on the flip side of that is, uh, from a kickoff standpoint, you hope he comes out because you're hoping that you take him behind that 20 or that 15-yard line. And, again, that gives your defense a chance to go, you know, hopefully 80 or more or from their offense to go 80 or more to score. So you're kind of hoping that that happens as well, that maybe they make a make a bad choice decision and, and jump out and come on and try to fly out of there. And maybe you're running down the field and you make that play at the 15-yard line, you know, so – it's a lot harder to go 85 yards than it is to go from basically 60 yards, you know. So we got to make those things happen. You talked about the rules. What are just some of the rules as far as what fans can expect when they watch these punt kickoff returns? You know, there's really no – there's not a whole lot of new rules going into it this year. I mean, everything's kind of really the same. It's not really that much to it. It's really right now just, you know, the same old rules, stay up above the waist, you no know, block below the waist and all those kind of things. And then just being smart, I think, is a big thing. There's nothing really that's changed from last year to this year. That's changed. I think the only thing that changed really was on PAT field goal, where you know PAT field goal block, and that's lined up on the center, which they kind of moved it, and now they're making you shade it where a year ago you could have bounced on top of him 
and then shaded into the garden with that direction, which everybody says, well, you couldn't do that because that was an NFL rule, but in the college rule, you could have done that. So uh, those things have changed just a little bit, and that's probably the only big change that's happened in, in that the, area. In the NFL, they got that leaping rule with, 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 with the Senate. Can't do that one either. Can't leap, <laughs> can't leap over the shield. Um, all those things, I mean, we, we, we've seen guys try to do it on scout teams sometimes, but, like, man, you can't do that. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, the one thing I think is going to be fun to watch is, is is our young men just get after it and play football in all three phases of it because we've got some really good players. We've got some very talented players. Um, I think we've got some really exciting things to watch as we go along through the season, and I think people are going to be very uh, happy to get out here and see what happens. i put it this way. The more people that set in these stands – the more these kids are going to play harder, and, and it helps every game. So I'm just going to say that much right now. I'm sure Coach has already talked about this, but the more we pack it out, the better we are. You know, and you see it on Twitter all the time. But I promise you it feeds off into those kids. And they, they play hard. They do what they're supposed to do. And they're going to win a lot of football games. They're going to represent this university very, very well. Well, I'm going to make a prediction right now. It's 626, and so 12 days from now at 626, I'm going to predict um, – we got a 14 to 3 lead. I hope so. A couple then of touchdowns, a couple of PATs, <laughs> a putt block for a, for a scoop and a score. How about that? Oh, but this time we got probably about a 28 point. <laughs> Coach Ratton and them have done a great job. They, they, uh, they really do a great job. We got some really good coaches here, and they do a fantastic job. And, um, you know, I couldn't be more proud to be with a group of guys that we have here at this, at this university. And, and working with Coach Mack has really been good. You know, it's been a good history, and I really enjoy doing it with him. So, and I enjoy everybody on the staff, and I think we got good people here. I can't wait to see where the season goes. Well, it starts in in uh, 12 days, and Steve and F then kind of already looking into it. They've got 30 seniors, Coach, 30 seniors, a lot on both sides of the ball. Top receiver, I'm sure we'll probably see him on, on punt kickoff returns, I'm sure. Veteran Butch, what do you – and and good thing is we'll get a chance to see them this weekend because they they play in Montgomery um in, in week zero. That's uh, I've got my DVR already set to record that. So give us kind of an early look at uh, Stephen F. You know they're they're a good football team. Uh, Coach Carthel's done a great job over there. What he's done, I mean, his background's been really good. I mean, when he was at Texas A&M Commerce and even back when he was in West Texas with his dad Donnie. I mean, Donnie did a great job at West Texas as well, and then Colby was defense coordinator. Has just kind of carried on, and I think him and, and I think his dad's kind of involved in it too, helping him a little bit, but which is good because you like to have that uh, voice you can set on. I think he's built a good football team there. They're going to be a class team, and I think you know this is going to be a good benchmark for us to go out here and get after their butts a little bit and uh, go see where we stand at in Forza FCS football. I mean, we got three really good games coming up right off the bat that we've got a chance to go out there and really show people what we're all about. You know, people. I uh, want to talk about them, but I think it's more about us and seeing where we're at and where we're going because we've got a good program as well. Uh, if you look back at the history, you look back at the winning and winning, I, think, I don't know about the home winning thing. I know it's still out there, I think, yeah. somewhere that we've got a long streak of home wins, wins here. So uh, we've got a lot of things to play for and go after people and, and, and show people what kind of football we're playing here, not only in the swag but also out of conference um, and letting people know, hey, we're a good football team, and we've been a good football team for a very long time. We have won six straight division titles until last year, and that was our first year in the Western Division. Did that season, Coach, last year, just for you personally, kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth? We won six division titles, and I know it's never easy. Landon Bussey tells me all the time, 
to Charles winning is hard. And we had won six in a row. And we had a four-game winning streak. We lose to Southern at the Horn. We lose to Bethune and 10-10 against Jackson State. We're kind of we're kind of in that cut, if you will, until, until the last part of the season. Did last season kind of, for you personally, did it kind of leave a bitter taste in your mouth knowing that, you know, we were kind of there and then just couldn't quite get over the hump in the latter part of the year? I think it did for everybody that's in the program because I think at the end of the day, the expectation level is to win. And when you have that expectation level, you work to do that every single day, and that's what we're all trying to do in each area, each area each of us are responsible for, whether it be players, coaches, whoever. And I think we all want to come back and show that we're, we're really where we stand at, you know. And I think those things are good. I think if you watch the uh, attitude of the young men that's on the field right now, I mean, you see a whole good at-road, positive attitude building around. I mean, you can see it coming. Um, I'm excited about watching what these guys can do and how they can play. The build-up for conference, our first conference game is here in the middle of September towards the end against UAPB, a team that we were down 26-7 to at the half over at Pine Bluff and came back and, and won that game. Doc Gamble's team comes here with a fifth-year quarterback in Perry, and so that's going to be something we're going to be uh, looking at. It's a really good schedule. You talked about it. You've got Stephen F., the number 10th-ranked team in the FCS, a solid mid-major team in the FBS in Tulane, another good team in McNeese that we should have beat before when we were over there, Another good FCS team before we come back and play UAPB in the conference opener right here. So a really good setup to the schedule as compared to what you got Jackson, FAMU, Week 2, Texas Southern Prairie View right off the bat. That's a pressure cooker, I think. But, you know, some coaches want to jump into that right away. But we have an opportunity to kind of mix and match, kind of see where we are against some quality teams. I think we do, and I think it's it's good for our kids to be able to play these teams. And I think we find out where we stand and we – drive forward because I think we're going to come out of the gate shooting. And I don't think – it's going to be fun to watch us. I can promise you that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching what we do offensively because we're going to do some good things. Uh, defensively, I mean, watching those kids move around, they're, they're flying around the football. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. But at the same time, I think we're doing it with good people across the board. And, and we've got teams that are going to be guys we need to find out where we're at. With We'll get after pretty hard. And the swack is different. I mean, there's so many great storylines. I mean, the West is wide open. If, if you look at the West, you got Body at Texas Southern, a sophomore quarterback. He looked really good at times against us, but looked like a freshman with the fumbles and the turnovers. You got Dooley at Southern University with a Dumas, one of the best defensive players at Preview, a year ago transferring to Southern. And offensively, you know, he's an offensive mind. We all know that. He was that way at Grambling with Kincaid. He was that way at Preview. Won the West last year. Now he's at Southern. Um, you got Prairie View, the defending Western Division champs, Grambling, Hugh Jackson. I heard he's got six quarterbacks on the roster. He may have five now. I, I think he might have narrowed it, maybe four. But I heard he's going to have six. A good source told me that over there. Uh, so it, it, in the Western Division, because we're now in the West, it's it's the wild, wild West because there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. In the East, you got some of that too, but then you got Jackson, you got FAMU. I think, you know, depends on who you debate with, one, two, either way. Then who's that third team? Could be Alabama A&M. I think Valley's going to shock some people. Bethune with Jalen Jones and then Bama State. Tell you what, if Bama State beats Howard this weekend, look out. I think Bama State's confidence. Well, in the East, you kind of see where the top tier is, but in the West, you just don't know. You're exactly right now. I think I think there's, you know, this league is probably, since I've been in and I've been in this league, you know, I was in in 2000 and all that, and I think you got great parity across the board with different teams. And, you know, 
it's a great conference schedule for everybody. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the SWAC play because I think on any given weekend it's open for everybody to have a shot to do something. But the biggest thing is you got to take care of yourself first, make sure you take care of your home, and make sure you're doing what your responsibilities are, and then we'll be fine from there. And I think we've got a great thing going here, so I can't wait to see what we do. All the rest of them can take the wayside. We're going straight forward because we're going to get back to where we where we need to be. And I know Coach is going to drive us there. I'm, I'm going to be looking at that NEAC SWAC challenge and thinking of Atlanta. I'm like, I'm ready to get back there in December for the celebration. But I, host, I, hoisted, nice place. I hoisted the Celebration Bowl trophy, and I posted it on my Facebook and Twitter page. It's like, speak it into existence. By the way, the Celebration Bowl trophy is heavy, Coach. <laughs> now, it, it, it's either heavy or I need to lift weights, one of the two. I, I struggle, and I, there's a picture of it on my page. I was smiling, but I was grimacing in pain at the same time. That, that thing is heavy, but it, it was great to pick it up, and, and hopefully it'll all come to fruition because that's what all this is all about, leading to a division title, a SWAC championship, and finally a SWAC team other than Grambling winning in the Celebration Bowl. Absolutely, and it's going to be. It should be Alcorn State University winning this thing. That's where I see it, and I think we got really good players that can do that. And I think we're going to we're going to put ourselves in that great position to get there. But we just got to do it one game at a time and take care of our business each and every day, and do what we've been um, taught to do. You know, as far as winning and putting our pieces together and take care of ourselves first, and then we can worry about people as we go along. Winning in football requires three phases: offense, defense. And special teams. And the guy over special teams here at Alcorn State University joining us for the full hour. Lane Powell, coach, we appreciate it, and we'll be talking to you. Appreciate it, Charles. Lane Powell loves food, as we talked about. He always likes to experiment with different things. But before we let you go, coach, you know, you and I have kind of text back and forth on these good food places around the area. You like good food. You like to eat. I like to eat. What do you think about the cuisine around here? Absolutely. I like to eat. Um, as uh, You can see my body shows it. <laughs> you have um, picked up weight, Coach. I have picked up some weight. <laughs> um, but that's also good cooking at home. It's not just good cooking in, in the restaurant business. But there are some really good restaurants in the area. You know, there's still a few I have not tried since I've been down here. Um, but, you know, I love going to Rusty's. You and I have talked about it. I like their fried green tomatoes because I think they're one of the best. I you're going to have that one, Coach. Not taking it away from anybody else. You, you, you're going to have the fried green yeah. tomatoes. Okay, yeah. what else? You don't want that one? No, uh, no, sir. All right, well, I'll take that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, like, I just like food in general. Yeah. I think good, anytime good food's around, it means good people's around. It means you get to share a good conversation. Um, and, and it's just people having good time with each other and enjoying people. I think it's really what life's all about is enjoying each other because uh, we're not here very long. You know, we're here for a short time, and, and we're blessed to get what we get each and every day, and you better enjoy what you have, and, and that's a good thing. I think we got a lot of people around here who like to eat good food, and and uh, I'm sure we can share some restaurant tips as part of the recruiting thing that you learn and you can go through it and find different places that are kind of cool as you go out and even travel. You find different restaurants that are pretty neat to share with people. i tell you what, I'm looking over here at this parking lot. It's empty right now, but in uh, 12 days, it's going to be wall-to-wall. And you, Speaking of food, it's going to be a lot of good food out in this parking lot uh, in 12 days. Yes, there is, and I'll tell you what, I, I think one of the things that I remember the most is my first time down here, I'm driving down 61, I think I told you a story one time, was I'm driving and I'm seeing a smoker going as I'm going down the road, and I think it was the first time I'd ever seen that happen, and I don't know who the gentleman was that was doing it, but it was about 5.30 in the morning, where I think it was the Jackson State game, and I see all that smoke coming out of the back, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what, I want to follow him, and it was looked really good, but 
No, I, everybody out here does a great job tailgating. This is actually one of the better tailgate places I've ever been. And I think it's a good thing because that shows that people want to be out here and they have fun. And, and it's a good environment on game day. And I think that's what our kids uh, really thrive on. And I think that's what people look for. Yes, during recruiting, what sells it's the fact that we sell this place and, and people come out and they support these kids and they do a great job of that because that's what people see. And really, it's important for these kids to have people come out and where people come from sometimes, I don't know. We're looking around and just stay and be empty and all of a sudden, boom, there they are. And it's, it's really nice to have those kind of support and those kind of people. That, and Alcorn does a great job of that. And they've always done a good job of traveling, not only staying home, but also traveling with us and doing things that way. So, um, Trust me, the, the, these fans and people, people are excited about them, and, and they want to get in the kids enjoy it on Saturday night. Coach, it's time to get out of here. I'm getting hungry. You're, you're talking about food. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Coach Lane Powell, special teams coach, joining us, talking about food, football, and special teams. That'll do it for Inside Braves Athletics. I'm Charles Edmond, our producer in studio, Jamario Brooks. Again, uh, Athletics Director Renoy Dido was scheduled to be here in this space from 6 until 7. He had to reschedule, and we will uh, definitely let you know when that interview will be uh, rescheduled for. It'll be live. We already had some questions come in via text and via tweet. We'll set, put those on the shelf. And uh, within the next week to 10 days, we will have Athletics Director Renoy Dido. He's going to roll out some good stuff, too. He was talking with him the other day and some stuff that, that he'll be talking about uh, and rolling out. So we'll be talking with him here fairly shortly. That'll do it for Inside Braves Athletics with special teams coach Lane Powell here from Jack Springs Marino Casam Stadium. We'll be talking to you again soon. I'm Charles Edmond. So long. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of Alcorn Braves football. For the best in down-home cooking like Grandmama used to do, you need to stop on by the Old Country Store and see Mr. D and his staff. You'll be glad you did. I'm getting hungry just by talking about it. The Old Country Store is open daily for dining or carry out. And when you go by, tell Mr. D you heard on WBRL 91.7 FM. The Old Country Store is located Highway 61 in Lorman, Mississippi. Look for the marquee picture of Mr. D holding that famous fried chicken. And when you go by, ask him to sing the grandmama song. That's the Old Country Store open for business. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of Alcorn Braves football. And remember to please be safe.